The views and opinions expressed on From the Mouths of Madness are that of the panel and not of the Geeks Under the Influence Network or their sponsors. Amazon.com and TeePublic.com. Listeners, beware. Coming straight from the mouths of madness, I am one of the hosts, Lowdown Brown. With me as always is... F.U. Hunter. What's up, stay-at-home bitches? <laughs> <laughs> and on this episode, we have a special guest. We have Katie. Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm excited to be back with y'all, even if it's virtually. Seriously, we're all excited to see other faces virtually. Yeah. This is insane. But again, as we've said on previous episodes, you know, we are practicing the distancing, and we are all recording remotely from our own little safe space. You know, and um, Katie was, A, luckily knows enough to utilize all all this tech. So that's awesome. We can have her, have, have a guest panelist on to do I this. I figured so. it out. I'm really excited. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and um, uh, Katie, you've got uh, some new stuff going on. You had a blog, but now you've uh, kind of. Yeah, it turns out, um, turns out having a quarantine gave me some time to uh, mess around and start my own podcast. So I have the Nerd Pro- Nerdcropolis podcast out now. Um, it's on Apple podcast on spotify and i got four episodes out so uh after you listen to this amazing episode go check that out um episodes are short and it's been really fun so far yeah they have been really fun you're in our world now (laughs) i know you guys brought me to the dark side i'm excited one of us one of (laughs) us us. No, I uh, I've, I've listened to two. I haven't listened to all four yet, but yeah, they're very they're 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 short, but they're fast paced and full of information. So there's no downtime or lag time. You're very you kind of just get to the point and get it out there, and and, it, and it's funny and thanks, man. Awesome, yeah, appreciate it. Really, yeah, really good. I mean, and plus we need more horror podcasts. Exactly, exactly. local yes. horror podcasts. Like, Agreed. I think I think you make three that are local. So right, yeah. yeah. Welcome, ready to join the team. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, in in the spirit of uh, being quarantined and locked in because of a killer virus, uh, the theme for this episode, we decided to go with contagious horror movies. We're going to be talking about movies that involve viruses, infections, and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we can go ahead and just get, like, the, there's the main one out of the way. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, if you're going to bring it up, I mean, I, every time, I mean, the first movie I thought of is fucking 28 Days Later. Yeah. The the great thing about that movie is that you kind of get a setup with the fucking, you know, lab monkey shit, but your main character sleeps or is in a coma through most of the shit going down. So you just wake up. Yeah, I wonder where Kirkman got his idea for The Walking Dead. Hmm. <laughs> ah. Actually, book came out the same year, which is crazy. That was uh, actually where I first discovered Killian Murphy, who ended up becoming one of my favorite actors ever. Um, he's so good in that. And you're right, that just opening scene of him on the bed, um, waking up from that coma, just just naked as the day he was born, and then has to figure out uh, what's going on. Um, that, that really uh, sold me on, on some Killian. I, I agree. That's the first movie I ever saw Killian Murphy in, and he blew me away. And now if there's a movie he's in, I don't care if the movie sucks, because they're having a couple of them. I'm going to watch it, because I love, I love watching that man act. But Hunter, you mentioned that those came out, both came out in 03. The, wait, The Walking, Walking Dead, Dead started yeah. in 03? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's why, because you read that Walking Dead, and I read The Walking Dead after 28 Days, I'd say 20 Days Later, I was like, and I thought the same thing. I was like, uh, this is a little suspect that it's kind of the same. Nope. 
They just same idea, different formats. Wow, mind blown. I was also bring up not just the acting, but the way it was filmed. Though, like the da- way Danny Boyle did it, where it's kind of this grainy, like you know, he didn't put a lot of budget in making it looking fancy. Just like you're there in the moment, and um, he also with that he really added the carnage as clearly a backdrop, but also like how like some of the infected would utilize that to get like it wouldn't stop them. They would just, you know, there's that one scene in the stairwell where there's all those buggies that are built up and they just climbing up the buggies trying <laughs> to get on the stairs. But every scene when they're in the city anyway has desolation in it. And sometimes I feel like you see barren streets, but you don't always see things on fire because in, in reality, a real carnage that happens in, in that, in the wake of something like that, every freaking turn is going to be just destruction. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's also a really awesome, badass supporting cast of characters in that movie, I feel like, that um, Killian Murphy ends up um, meeting along the way. And then this movie also just kind of changed the whole dynamic about zombies, right? I mean, it's not, maybe not the first, it probably isn't the first, but definitely the first one that gained like real mainstream notoriety where the zombies were running full force. They had the rage virus and they weren't just the slow moving, ah, brains type of zombies that we know and love. I would say that that's probably the precursor for Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead was when he saw, wait, we can do zombies like this? Holy shit. Okay, <laughs> now I don't feel bad about having this idea because clearly anybody who's, you know, who has thought about rebooting that movie, which clearly Snyder did because he latched onto it, was like, oh man, what kind of shit I'm going to get if I have fast zombies? Oh, oh okay, cool. Cool. All right. This is, this is awesome. All right, Damn, this you, worked. Man. Yeah. yeah you, you tested the waters for me. Appreciate it. <laughs> which again, I mean... Dawn of the Dead remake came out in 2004, so we're talking probably just people having kind of the same ideas and who got, somehow 20 days later kind of jumped her by with the guy in a coma, the fast kind of zombies, all that went into that first movie. But yeah, like more than likely that Dawn of the Dead remake was written before 20 days later came out. And then they were like, whoa, this shit's cool, so we're just going to take some of that. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, to go along with 20 Days Later, which uh, they kind of rebooted with a good, they kind of kept going with a decent cast. Obviously, uh, Killian Murphy didn't show up for the sequel, but we have 28 Weeks Later, which was just expanding that universe of like 28 Weeks Later. Okay, now we're, we have walls built around, we're, we're, we've, we're in a clean, safe zone, and all it takes is one asshole. Just one. Yeah, I mean, when that movie came out, I was like, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull this shit off. Like, 20 weeks later had its appeal, but when he got to that, I was like, I don't know. But I really, really fucking enjoyed 20 weeks later, especially that opening scene when he's just running on the field being chased. And the fact that you could say that, there were, that you know, we've done it, we've defeated them, everybody just starved out, and then you realize, oh, no, wait, this can still be carried even that far along. Yeah, I mean, that opening scene, you're right, like, it's all quiet. And that, that one scene where she looks through the wall, and that's what gave them away, because it, it, it signaled to one of the infected that they were in there. Remember, like, it just, that infected person just pops pops over, and then, oh, you see him. And then that, that how he, like, left everybody, including his wife and everything, and, like, he's just running. That score, like, that fucking score mm-hmm. was epic for that scene. 
Yeah, I remember the music being badass on that one. Um, this is a sequel that I have not seen in years, and it's on my list of, um, of one to come back to. This is a tangent, but I recently went back and rewatched The Exorcist 3. So these, this sequel 28 weeks later is just widely regarded as one of the great sequels um, that I can't wait to go back and revisit because I remember how badass it is. And it's got, it's got a couple of random people that are in this before they got really big. Jeremy Renner's one of them. Uh, That's right. Rose, whatever her name is, chick from Bridesmaids and a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, this is like one of their early movies just kind of piled in this like random sequel to 28 Days Later. And you have uh, the, the the lead who was the tra- train spotting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forget. I, forget, I can't remember. Robert Carlyle, I think. Is that his name? I think yeah. so. He's the one. Hey, which fucking cunt did it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> fucking was the cunt. <laughs> yeah, he was the angry one. But, you know, Jeremy Renner not knowing who he was at the time. The only thing I think I saw him in at that point was Dahmer because he played Jeffrey Dahmer in that early 2000s movie blew me away. And then it's actually the helicopter pilot is the guy who was the narrator in Oz, the HBO show. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. And, and lost. Don't forget and about lost. the dad, the dad and lost. Dude, what? I watched like two episodes of lost. Sorry. <laughs> well, you should watch them all until <laughs> the last season. And then just see, I don't know that that makes me not want to watch it. I, I want to watch know. everything. I don't want to have to stop. But how many shows, how many shows have had that problem where you're like, uh, and then it shit the bed. I mean, but I watched them live. If it's already over with, I'm not going to put myself through that. That's true. Okay. The Sopranos you know was the first one. It broke my heart. Never again. I just want to bring up the way they introduced the virus and 20 weeks later. It's kind of fucking crazy because, you know, dude, man just kisses his wife. She's fine. And then you realize, oh, she was immune, but she could still pass along. He starts freaking the fuck out. I think he, what, a couple of his teeth come out and then he just fucking grabs those eyes and shoves them in. Yeah, see, that's the whole asymptomatic thing people are worried about now, because, you know, right. you don't have signs of the infection, but guess what? You're a carrier. And I thought, that was a, I thought that was a really smart way to bring it in, versus having an infected already break the walls and breach the quarantine zone, have an asymptomatic person come in. Yeah, that brings a whole new level of terror. Right? Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. can't see it at that point. And I thought that was a brilliant way. If you're going to do a sequel, I think that's a brilliant way to bring it in. Now, I have heard rumors about the 28 months later, yeah, but that's been I don't, for a while. Yeah, but I mean, I recently read an article probably like two months ago about that. So I'm really curious if they're doing it, how they're going to bring the virus back in. Because uh, it can't be cheesy at this point. Fuck, I mean, it's been, what, six years since 28 weeks later? Like, you can't you can't do a third movie and have it be half-assed. It's been yeah. 10 years, dude. Since Wait, since the sequel? Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, Jesus. It has. Fuck yeah. me. <laughs> the first one's almost is 17 years. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I Fair. think it's longer than that, but I'm just going to say 10 years. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so another another big one would be oh, World War Z. That's, a, mo- that's yep. a more recent one. World War Z came out and it definitely could have been better. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm very, I'm very, uh, no, I completely agree. I was just about to say the same thing. When I saw that, I had a lot of expectations, read the book, uh, loved it. And, uh, you know, it's 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 one of those, I think it came out at the point where zombie movies were maybe just jumping the shark. I mean, they're never going to jump the shark for horror movies, don't get me wrong. But like those, the really just zombie like mania that America was having, um, I think that came out then. And I just, I didn't love it. I'm with you. Low down. Surprisingly, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, I love the book. I love the book. The, I mean, well, when I say I love the book, I'll be honest, the audiobook. If you're ever on a long trip, the audiobook is essential. If you're on a five, six hour plus drive, throw in the audiobook. It is one of the best things to listen to. But 
And when I found out that they weren't really referencing much of the book with the movie, I went in already like, fuck this movie. And I was actually more impressed. The only thing that this movie has that goes against it is those fucking CGI climbing zombies. That's the one. That's that's what kills it. But the the setup, I, I, I just appreciate you're in a big city when the outbreak happens and the perspective from that. Fair. Now, I... The the reason I know of the the book or the audio book is because of Hunter, um, and I love it. I've probably oh God, I don't know how many. I've listened to it so much now. Uh, every long road trip, uh, even the last time I went on a long road trip with the kid, you know, I we listened to it, and he's like, "Oh wow!" I'm like, "Yeah, right." Yeah. The thing is, he doesn't recognize the voices because You're like that's fucking Henry Rollins. Yeah, <laughs> no like, way! Oh my God, I need to get this. <laughs> Yeah, there's Mark Hamill, John Turturro, uh, Alan Rollins, Alda. What? Alan Alda. Yeah, a lot of fucking names. That's amazing. So, so with I, I wasn't expecting the book. Like that it, that would have been good if it was a series. The fact they said it was a movie, I know I'm not going to get multiple different interview style stuff because it's done like an interview in the in the audiobook and, and in the book as well. Now, that would be a great fucking series. They could combine each because sometimes the, some people come back for two or three different interviews. You combine those interviews, you make one episode. That would have been beautiful. And my biggest problem was probably the fucking CGI zombies. See, I am Legend left a bad taste in my mouth with the CGI bullshit, and World War Z looked like garbage. The close-up stuff was good, but the majority of the movie was the pan-out mass hordes of zombies, and it looked like ass. Like there's no way around that. You can't clean that shit up now. Like you should have done it when you made the movie. Now it, it's still gonna look like, you know, polished shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I will say one of the things they kept kind of with the book is just that you kind of was a global. You got to see it through like not just one centerpiece. Most zombie movies, it's okay. It happened in Pittsburgh. Okay, it happens in Milwaukee or whatever. This one, it starts out in um, Philly. You get to see how it is in Israel. You get to see how it is in different countries. And that's something that's kind of rare for zombie movies. You don't usually get that kind of global perspective. Usually it's this centerpiece and just you go through the, what the main characters are, are dealing with there. This one said, okay, let's take you around a little bit. Were there shitty CGI zombies? Yes, but still, you know. No, there's no there's no sloughing over shitty CGI zombies, dude, okay? You don't just, like, glaze over that. But, but yeah, so that's actually the only thing from the book is the fact that it takes place throughout different parts of the world because in the book you, you you literally hit every fucking corner of the of the earth which is pretty fucking rad i really appreciate hunter's uh defense of this movie right now i think i might um spend a day uh, this week re-watching it and seeing if uh, i can have a better appreciation for it because you're hitting some points there that i'm like yeah it is pretty cool that it's a worldwide perspective i like that look I, those again, zombies, I was Ugh. i was a big <laughs> when that movie got announced and then they said well we're not really gonna go with the book i you, you can ask Steven. I was like, fuck this movie. This movie's going to be a pile of shit. So I guess maybe my expectations were so low. I just see a lot more positive in it than I was expecting to have. I'm not saying it's fucking great, but I can watch it and I enjoy it for the most part. Look, now that's on DVD, Blu-ray, whatever, there's a little fast forward button. There's a scene when they're in Israel when they have the whole pile of zombies just hit fast forward for about three <laughs> minutes and you can enjoy the rest of the fucking movie. Now, I will say... And Hunter might be able to chime in on this. Katie, if you're going to watch it, I'd be interested to see if you watch the uh, the unrated version. Okay. Because there's an unrated version that came out like a year or two after it got released on Blu-ray. Right, I remember and that. And I don't know anybody that's seen that, and I haven't rewatched that. So I'd be kind of curious to see if it's yeah. adds something to it. I haven't seen that. it. Good tip. I'm on it. Yeah, that'd be rad as shit. 
Um, so the, I mean, that's the, we've got. I mean, we've got a couple like really big ones. I mean, I, we we kind of glanced on I Am Legend, but uh, I mean, we can go and kind of go into that because that's definitely uh, <laughs> the 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 CG again. Movie is great. The CGI fucking oh god, it's terrible. Yeah, that's 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 the most distracting thing is that if they just done practical effects with fucking I Am Legend, that movie could have been really good. The setup, I thought Will Smith actually did a good job. But once you get to those fucking dog, zombie, vampire things, it's a fucking mess. It's funny because um, my mom, uh, she does not like horror at all. But one of her, uh, her favorite movies from her childhood was The Omega Man, which is um, the, the what I Am Legend is based on. And uh, she was so stoked to see that movie. And then we both saw it. I roped her into it. And then we were like, no, that just like, like you're saying, the CGI, just it just makes it not as scary. It really does. Yeah. She was like, The Omega Man freaked me out. And this was like, not scary at all. I love Omega Man, but just because of how goofy and cheesy that movie is. I mean, literally, you had Charles Heston driving around in a convertible, just capping <laughs> fucking zombie so whatevers. Like, it, yeah. the makeup is pretty slack, and he's just like, come here, I'm going to shoot you in the head, and just drives around. <laughs> There's not a lot going on, but he's having a better time. Like, Will Smith, you feel bad for, but Charles Heston, he's just like, yeah, fuck it, kill some motherfuckers, drive around. I own New York now. <laughs> So, um, yeah, with the Will Smith uh, rendition, I Am Legend, I mean, that was, that came out during the Will Smith redemption era, you know, because he had that, he had that era where he was like just putting out solid fucking movies, you know, Pursuit of Happiness, uh, Seven Pounds, I mean, these, it was right after Pursuit. Yeah, these great fucking movies, and I'm like, he put on a great performance, like, I mean, damn, dude, okay. I get you. I, I got you on this, man. And then everything leading up to actually seeing the creatures was fucking scary. You know, I'll, I'll give it that. You know, and then I couldn't even take the end scene like serious when they like attack his house. I'm like, okay, okay this is this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> is this the theme that we're gonna talk about movies that are really good, but then the CGI just fucks them <laughs> up? Because so far, I mean, you know, the last two we brought up were like the movie's actually pretty good, and then it shits the bed. Listen, listen, Hollywood, practical effects. As Practi- much as you like, can. We just literally listed two movies with big stars that could have been really fucking kick ass, and y'all shit the bed because somebody got excited because they got a new laptop. I mean, fuck. <laughs> Amen to that, brother. <laughs> got a new laptop. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Well, here's an old one that didn't use all CGI that's definitely virus related. We got Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the first one, anyway. All right. The series went batshit, but the <laughs> first one, I can watch over and over and over and over and over again. I actually appreciate the fourth one. Most of them are shit. I know, most of them are shit. The fourth one gets to that level. Again, remember, I love shitty movies sometimes, and the fourth one has a good blend of just that ridiculousness with zombies that I appreciate. I think it's Afterlife. Yeah, that's the fourth one. Yeah, yeah. that's the fourth one. That's the one. clone one, right? They figure they have clones or whatever. I, uh, I get them all mixed up. Do you know but, Katie? I don't... Nah, I don't know. <laughs> most of them are shit. I mean, uh, look, play the fucking games. Watch the first one. <laughs> if you're in a weird mood, watch the fourth one. But don't fucking watch any of the other ones. And I, it was sad as I watched most of those in the theater. I kept giving it a chance, like some <laughs> evil fucking ex-girlfriend. Like, all right, <laughs> one more time. And I'm like, this one's fucking stupid, too. Yeah, I shared. I remember sharing your pain because I think you and I watched at least two or three together, and I'm like, "God damn it, fuck! How do they get stupider?" It's like at least with Fast and the Furious, 
you know what to expect and you can take your brain out and it's just fun. Oh. But oh. they couldn't even do that right. Like they literally couldn't let you, they literally couldn't make a movie to the point where it was no seriousness. It was just balls of wall insanity, stupid fun. Don't right? don't besearch the legacy of the Fast and Furious movies with the Resident Evil movies. <laughs> they they have figured that. out they could have done that. Yeah, they have figured out with the Fast and Furious movies how to keep rolling out the same ridiculous shit and make it fun. Those Resident movie Resident Evil movies fucking suck. That's hilarious. You know, um, I, I remember spending a weekend watching the first three, and I was like, yeah. And then I stopped, and I have not seen the fourth one. So now I got to go back and watch the fourth one. Hunter is giving me all sorts of recommendations today, which Again, I'm I not appreciate. Saying it's good. It's yeah. just fun. It's it's fun that's fair and not stupid. Stupid. I love Mila Jovovich, and um, I I I will watch Mortal Kombat until the day I die. So I love Paul W S Anderson. So yeah, the oh, first no. one's great. I love it. <laughs> oh man! Hey, honey, I have you just never talked about loving bad movies. Really Hold on, I understand, but I've never heard <laughs> no, anybody no, no. say Paul that that. Okay, never mind. I love Mortal Kombat. <laughs> wow, I love Mortal Kombat the game. Like, yeah, again, I love the game. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think the first one could get worse than I saw the second one. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> I mean, besides Uwe Bowl, like, is he's the only other motherfucker that's like, you like the game? Well, here's a movie version that you'll sort of like. <laughs> back to contagious horror. <laughs> yeah, back, let's get off. The, let's get off that. This is turning into a GUI episode. Um, so here's a here's one that really snuck up on me. It it sounded cool. It was the director's first movie. I got it in a used bin at fucking Cabin Fever. Oh yeah. Like yep. Eli Roth's first movie. I thought he came out the gate fucking swinging with that movie. He kind of dropped off after that a little bit, but Cabin Fever was a great movie. Um, in my opinion, as far as just the mix of comedy and the mix of just by happenstance, you go rent a cabin and, oh, wait, there's waste getting fed into the fucking water way down the fucking way. Oh, and guess what? It, it makes your flesh fall off. It's it's cool, right? It's cool, whatever. So um, as, a, as a woman, right, that scene in the bathtub when she's shaving her legs, like that Ugh. is never Ugh. going to leave my brain ever. I think every time mm. I mention that movie, my friend's like, oh, my God, shaving her legs. I'm never going to do it again. Um, but yeah, and then how like it's 2002. You got Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World in that movie. And you're like, oh, my God, Sean's in this movie. What is <laughs> happening? Um, <laughs> I loved it. I love that first one. I agree. I enjoyed it. It's one of those I've I've watched a couple times. It's not my go-to. Like if there's nothing else really on, that's one of those I come across. I'm like yeah, I'll watch it. But it, I don't know. I'm not as passionate about that movie as some other people are. Um, has anybody here? Has anybody seen the remake? Yes. That's okay. Yeah, and I think Katie's getting ready to follow me up on this. What a giant pile of shit that was. <laughs> yes. Holy fuck. Accurate. Dude, it's like there's no reason that that movie needed to be made. It is literally a complete shot-for-shot shot remake with just some new actors and just it's so dumb. It's it's just dumb. Yeah, I mean, they took away everything that was cheesy and campy about it to begin with, uh, which is one reason why I love that movie, and it, they tried to make it like serious and stylish they, 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 or something. They, they, and they and gave it this giant like mansion style cabin. Like they took everything that was cool about the original one and took it away. And that you you went right to the remake. Did you know there's two sequels? God damn, two there's sequels. Patient Zero and there's another one. I Bring forget break. which one. Yeah, and I have seen neither, and I don't know if I want to. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't seen them either. Sean Astin is in one of them. He's in the third really? one. Yes, he's in Patient Zero. I was like, what the fuck, Sean? You needed money, paycheck. Yeah. 
It sounds like the Cabin uh, uh, Cabin Fever remake kind of is like that Night of the Demons one. Oh, yeah. Which for some reason I, I watched the other day with Edward Furlong, and that is like, hey, you like the original? This is like an updated one, and it sucks ass. Hey, Hunter, so I didn't add that to the killer or filler list, so bam. All we right. just have another killer filler episode. Oh, because yeah. Because I completely forgot about that movie because yep. it you was- You should. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to- We're going to save it. We're going to save it because- Oh, God. <laughs> so, but yes, uh, we're not all in agreement on Cabin Fever. I get it. But personally, I know Katie and I, we liked it. Hunter didn't care for it too much. It is definitely one to go check out, though. If you have not seen the original one, I get it. It came out low-key and then went away- if you've seen the remake, please go back and watch the original. Yes. I'd beg you. I'd beg you. Jesus. There's this whole giant hobo bleeding everywhere scene that was pretty rad. <laughs> <laughs> and, I um, forgot. <laughs> you right? That's, right? That's true. <laughs> and Eli Roth's cameo is pretty fucking hilarious, too. Yes. Right? Yeah, he was doing the Hitchcockian thing, you know. Uh, another one I was going to bring up was, and it's very just one set type film, but Quarantine. Yeah, quarantine. Yes. Great. Yeah. No, I have not watched that in a while, but I do remember really enjoying it. I know why you would watch it because it's shaky cam and you hate that shit. So watched it once. I said I still liked it, fucker. Okay. <laughs> I just I know you. Cam. I know I you it. when it comes to that shaky cam, and you're like, "Fuck that movie, shaky cam." I fucking hate shaky cam. Hold the camera still. <laughs> now, uh, quarantine was a um, American remake of Wreck, right? The Wreck yep. series, and that's a solid adaptation for sure. Jennifer Carpenter is great in that movie. Um, it came out at the, what was that, like the early, mid to early 2000s when every yeah. single DVD cover had the photo of that woman on the floor who was about to get dragged away. You know mm. what I'm talking about? Yep. But uh, yeah, Quarantine is solid. I'm with, I'm like with Lowdown. I haven't seen that in a long time, but I remember that being a really solid adaptation for sure. I did enjoy that movie, even though it had shaky cam. That, I think that was before my hatred. For, <laughs> cause I saw it right when it came out. My hatred for shaky cam came, came about like later into 2000s, right around the, the, the teens. Um, where it was just so much, and I'm like, oh god, these, it's shaky cam, and these movies are fucking terrible. What am I doing? What is wrong with my life right now? Let <laughs> me question everything. <laughs> I think that that movie specifically it works because it's almost like a video game where you're walking through and you're like, oh, let's go into this apartment and see if there's any fucked up people in here, and you just keep going up levels, <laughs> like, so yeah, it's kind of like the raid, but um, with zombies. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a really good. Uh... Speaking of the raid, oh. More right. zombies, less uh, awesome fight scenes. <laughs> yeah, the choreography in that fucking movie. Those two movies, Jesus Christ. Um, so I have one that I don't know if everyone's seen here. David Cronenberg's 1977 film, Rabid. I don't know if anybody, everyone's seen yeah. that. Yeah, is Rabid the one where the woman has the weird elbow? Armpit. The armpit, armpit. thank you. Yes, yeah. I have seen that. It's gross. And she infects everyone, and they go into like these giant, rabid rage monster things. Yeah, yeah she's it's, like it's... a black widow, like seduces them, and then gets her weird armpit on them. I do yeah. remember that one, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen this, but the fact that you said it's Cronenberg sounds like a Cronenberg movie, so yes, I'll have to see this. And, mind you, it's also early Cronenberg, so he like gave zero oh, fucks. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> like, Does he ever give like, fucks? I mean, he did. He did in the two thousands and on. Th- let's be real. History of Violence, Eastern Promises, great movies, but they're no Videodrome existence. Fucking, right, but that they're, was they're not right. on the same level of fuck you. He like, did History of Violence right after he did Crash. You know the movie where it's people that get off on getting car accidents. There and was a nine year difference, bro. Crash came out in ninety six. Okay, come on, man. All right, all and, right. His, History of Violence came out in two thousand and three. 
All right, I'm just saying. I don't I'm think Conan Burke's taking it easy and being a weird motherfucker, right? I mean, I, I'm not saying that he's still not making fucked up movies. I just mean like his early, early movies, like Shivers and mm -hmm, uh, The Brood, Videodrome, okay, Rabid. Yeah. Come on, man! Like those movies are fucking dark. Yeah, dude. like he he is definitely the young, youthful. I'm gonna be as fucked up as possible. Uh, I'll, give that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. So I have I have uh, the Scream Factory restoration version of Rabbit. I'll lend you. Nice. Sweet. So you can watch that. Now there is a remake that came out of that, which is on the list for Killer or Filler. I have yet to watch it. The Saska Sisters oh, did it. Yeah, I was just gonna. You just when you said that, I brought it up. I, I saw that the Saska Sisters had done that. Um, they got. I feel like they got kicked off of Twitter or something because they were posting images of it, and then it got you know flagged for being gruesome, which is total bullshit. But yeah, I like the Saska Sisters. That should be fun. To check out. Yeah, I mean it's it's a body horror remake, and they do body horror. Yeah, Has anyone seen American Mary? Yeah. Jesus Christ! If there's somebody to redo a Cronenberg body horror horror film, which is pretty much his fucking mo, every movie he do he's done is body horror, right? I like I I'm interested in seeing their take on that. Yeah, that's so a, thanks for reminding you know, me of that. Yeah, no problem. Like I, so as soon as I watch that, Hunter watches that, we'll probably throw out our our reviews about the, the difference between those two. And you, well, you've got to see both Hunter because you're fucking slack, but whatever. Yeah, it's cool. yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I was going to bring up um, a movie from 2012. And I wasn't sure if either of you had seen it, but it's called The Bay. And it's actually mm. directed by um, Academy Award winning director Barry Levinson, who uh, directed Rain Man and like mm. Good Morning Vietnam and all these other yeah. amazing <laughs> movies. And then in 2012, he directed this like found footage um, movie about the Chesapeake Bay uh, and, and, and the water being infected with parasites. And it's really, really, really solid. So if you haven't seen that one, um, give it a go. I have seen that, and Katie, I did not know that that was a director. So weird. And oh. you, you just again, that's like the third time my mind's been blown on this episode. Yeah, Holy shit! Same. How the fuck do you go from Rain Man and Good Morning Vietnam, which in their own rights are fuck, are kind of fucked up movies, kind of they're dark movies. They're but not that's the a whole other level, up. man. That's a whole other level. <laughs> and there's like no one of note in that movie, like no big name celebrities. Um, the the chick from uh, Cabin in the Woods is in that movie. Kristen Connolly, yeah. the main um, final girl in that movie. So yeah, it's a solid one. If you see it on streaming, uh, check it out. I know we keep going into the zombie route because that's what a lot of these are kind of the basis of. But um, Train to um, Busan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You got to throw yeah. that in again, kind of like with quarantine, where you're in this kind of isolated, you know, environment, a train, and here comes this fucking virus. And what the fuck do you do but just keep moving into other cars? I mean, fuck. It's all you can do. And yeah. I mean, it doesn't come off like a traditional zombie movie. It still comes off as a movie that is, you know, a mass pandemic kind of going around thing. So it, it definitely fits. And whoa, the, the, the cabin fever from. And the ice, the whole like cramped isolation feel from that fucking movie, like you said, just hopping around a fucking train. Yeah, like it's one thing going up and down a building, but could you imagine just having like one way to go? <laughs> yeah, just go forward, not backwards. Yeah. So I got to admit, I have not seen Train to, B to Busan, and I know that there's a prequel called Soul Station that's actually animated, and I'm really stoked to check out both of them. But I love how that that these movies, and particularly Train to Busan, has um, really caught on amongst the horror community. I mean, I I see that movie mentioned in so many different circles and so many different blogs and different um, communities of horror. So it's it's just uh, I love those types of movies that kind of catch on and um, people love. So I can't wait to check that one out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to say I know it's streaming somewhere. It could be Shudder. 
Uh, Shutter or Amazon, yeah. So it's Prime or Shutter? See, I get Shutter through Prime, so I get them confused sometimes because like everything happens. just pops up under the same thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it, it's definitely out there. If you, you know, I don't, I mean, I know Shutter was doing a free month during this whole quarantine thing with Coach Shutin. So definitely check that out. I, I have a feeling you, you'd love that movie. It, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it keeps getting it's accolades. Really I can't wait to watch it. Uh, I think Katie's making a list. I am. I'm so making a list from this episode. This is Did why I, I love hanging out with too? you guys. <laughs> I think on the last episode we had with her, she's like, I need to put that on a list. Like, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> so another one, and this is something I found on streaming. It was on Netflix for a long time, and I saw it, added it to my list, and just kept like not watching it. Finally watched it. It's called Contracted. Has yep. anybody seen that? I haven't. I know that? that there's two of those two. There's ah. like contracted and contraction or something, right? Um, it's contracted and contracted too. Okay. It's not very, not <laughs> oh, man, very original with the sequel name. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I haven't seen it. But I've heard good things about that. So it actually takes uh, the idea of the zombie, but it, it like it puts it side by side with kind of an S, like STDs. So. Basically, I, I can give you a short brief synopsis. I don't want to give too much away, but there's a, you, the first scene you see a dude in a morgue, and apparently, I guess you know he works there or whatever. And there's a body that has one of the toe tags is actually a biohazard tag, and then he proceeds to fuck it. Uh, I'm sorry, what? As one does, proceeds to fuck the dead body with the biohazard tag. Did you yeah. get it at that time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Say it again for the kids. Time. <laughs> that's that's all you see of that, and you're like, well, that was. Ew. And um, <laughs> yeah. So this girl goes to a party. Who's actually who's who? Okay, who, who's actually a um? She's a lesbian, but she goes to a party, gets super fucked up. She's having life struggles, whatever, yada yada yada. And she ends up getting date raped by that dude. Damn. Right. So he's apparently immune, asymptomatic to the virus. So he has none of the effects of it. It's not hurting him at all, but he can pass it. So then he passes whatever he caught from dead biohazard chick onto her. Oh my god! Who a is who a is a lesbian and got date raped by a dude. So she's not even like she wasn't even like she didn't even enjoy the sex, right? And then and then she it slowly shows her kind of rot away and everyone turn away from her. Like her friends in the in the in the community turn away because like, well, why'd you have sex with a dude? And it's like I didn't have sex with a dude. Like he date raped he raped me. Like you know, there's a whole thing about that that's really cool and that's. Part of why you should watch it because that and, part of the story. And you said really Cornerberg didn't direct this one. No, <laughs> but I will say so. There's a, there's a there's a friend of hers who's always had a crush on her, even though you know she's gay, and that's the last person that she calls after she like kills tons of people because like she's slowly turning into a zombie. It's kind of like I Zombie, but like different. You know, like what I Zombie, where you saw you see the person turn into a zombie. Yeah. It's like a diary kind of thing, and so she kills a couple of her friends. And he, she calls him over. I mean, I'm talking like hair's falling out, couple teeth missing, eyes are milky, blah. blah. Like she's fucking ugly, right? And he still saw his chance to hit it. So he's <laughs> oh my like, Ooh, I'm gonna do it, right? Hold on, no, this isn't the worst part. And he's oh, like, no. something feels weird. And he's like, got her up on a counter, and he's like pounding away on her. And then like it pans down, and you see maggots falling out. Still hit it. As he's like going to town on Dude, if somebody is not taking a page out of Cronenberg, yeah, whoever directed that. Damn. So not to give away the ending or anything like that, but that the Contractor 2 follows him, and he's trying to track down the dude who gave it to her. And meanwhile, all this is going on with this, this one girl in the main movie. He's passing on to other girls. 
God, too. what a gutter <laughs> human. Ew. Yeah, right? He's just so a fucking like walking hard on. Jesus. Seriously. So he's corpse. trying to find him and like kill kill him. It's like, stop. Stop spreading this shit. So it was a really cool take on comparing the an infection to an infections that do get passed around without without a second thought, without without care. People that I mean, there was a dude from Richmond who got finally got arrested for just sleeping with people, not telling them what he had, and then them finding oh, out yeah, they have it. I heard like, about you just that. pass you're just passing shit on. And so it was I thought that was a really modern bring it down home to reality kind of take on that, but don't doing it in a satire as a, as as a zombie virus. That's what I took away from it. And I think that that's really somebody trying to bring bring everything home. Like, no, there's real shit that kills fuckers that's out there. You know, it doesn't have to turn you into a fucking flesh-eating freak, but it still fucking kills you. This, you know is, what I mean? this is what they should show in Family Life. This is like an after-school yeah, exactly. special. <laughs> Don't fuck corpses. Don't fuck yeah. this. Don't fuck body bags. Don't fuck... <laughs> um, this is a TV movie, mm-hmm. but because of who it's based off their writing, I figured I'd throw it out there. The Stand. Nice. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Come on. I don't know necessarily man. really goes in that horror category, but... Yeah, hell yeah. What, what, do, you, what do you mean? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if a Stephen King property <laughs> that's about a mass pandemic that kills 80% of the world is going to go in the horror category. Uh, I'm just saying just it doesn't play like a horror movie when you watch no. it. You know, that's, that's the main thing I'm going with with it. But, I mean, it's from Stephen King, so you got to give it props. It, it actually, if you if you really dig down into it, it does play as a horror. It just he's honing in on the horror of humanity, yeah. And that, like, how dark that humanity tends to forget that we we've we we were. Like, the history of humans is fucking terrible. And all it takes is as much as everyone wants to say it's you know look out for each other and we need to you know support each other yada yada, which is a great and it's a great society to have. And I feel like we have we have definitely come a long way in that respect of supporting each other and and all that. But also, he was pointing out like when everything falls, are we going to be that way? And that's what's scary. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I think that's one of the um, the best miniseries I, I, in my opinion, almost ever. I think that's a great fucking adaptation of that novel, which is my, my favorite novel of all time. I love that book. Make sure you read it if you have not. And the casting choices in that are fantastic. Um, and I know they're making they're making a new one, right? Um, or they're, yeah. they're starting to cast yeah. for a new one. So I'm I've been following that and looking forward to see who else they they cast in that. That's what I was you know, about to say is, yeah, they're supposed to do a remake on it. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's definitely a bit dated. It <laughs> no, is dated. Oh, yeah. For really a 90s, TV right? movie from the 90s, yeah. there's a lot of you watch it, and you're like, I'm enjoying this, but it's a little distracting with some of the people in it and um, just the atmosphere. So I would love to see a remake update of that. Yeah, so... I'm sure everything that's been going on with it has been, you know, killed for the last two months because, fuck, everything has, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the, the the cast as Randall Flag was uh, what's it, Bill Skarsgård, the True Blood? What's yeah, I think. You're oh right. yeah, that's right. Is it Bill Skarsgård from True Blood, or he he's the one that played Pennywise? No, Bill Skarsgård is Pennywise. This is uh... what's the other Skarsgård? <laughs> There's it's so many of, of them. Eric, Eric Scars. I don't know. He played Eric Northman on True Blood. Whatever <laughs> the fuck is. There's like five Scars guards, dude. I can't keep up with it. To say like Eric a family from True Blood. Of we, that's that's it's all like we the Hemsworth from. man. It's like that's there's true. like four or five Hemsworths. I don't got time for this shit. I the, don't. The, the new Tarzan. All right. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, the new Tarzan. New Tarzan is going to be the bad guy. All right. He's cast as Randall Flag, so I'm interested to see his portrayal of that. And then Marilyn Manson is cast as somebody. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Trash Man, but oh, I don't know please, who it's going to be. <laughs> please make him Trash Man. That's awesome. I, that's, 
That's what makes sense to me. Yes. As if he is trash man, right? I mean, who else? Some insane fucking pyro? Yes. Give it to Manson. Yep. I don't know who he's going to be. They they don't they have not yet released who he's going to play. It's just little tidbits of like, so Manson has been cast in the new Stan miniseries. It's like, well, thank you for just giving me, you know, blue balls. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I am looking forward to it. I do wish it wasn't on a network uh, channels. CBS, right? Yeah, and I'm like, God damn it! Because this on, I want like a hard. I mean, the book is actually hard R. Katie, you 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 read? I mean, it's a hard R book. It's like, come on, man! I I know we can get away with more since The Walking Dead and all that stuff came out, but we can't go stand level on CBS. That you just can't do that. Is it CBS or CBS like all access? I think it's all access. Okay, so all access that gives me some more hope. Yeah, that gives me some more hope. Okay, okay. And again, I'm down. Even if it was on CBS. You can get away with a lot more shit now, like than you could no, I know. when there the original that, stand came out. There are shows that opened up the door, but I mean, there are some, there's some dark shit. There's a lot of racism that kind of got left out, uh, and uh, just shit that you know they still keep off TV for the most part, unless it's brought in to prove a point on a TV show, right? Unless that's the episode, the moral of the episode of the show, they kind of leave that shit out. So, but yeah, the stand was a good bring. Captain Trips is definitely a. Uh, yeah, and I actually just read an article. This pandemic has like changed his view of Captain Trips and kind of of the world. Really? Yeah. Uh, if I can find the article, I'll send it to everybody after we're done this, so they can read it. It was a really good article, and I'm like, I mean, yeah, dude, you write literally the best pandemic story ever. So if 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 it's if it, if this pandemic is change is saying is changing how you feel about things, I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I, I just picked uh, the stand up five dollars the other day and i'm hyped to watch it i haven't watched it in so fucking long but also it's gonna probably freak me the fuck out a little bit watching that shit like because it's pretty much one motherfucker one motherfucker and then just go from there and that's all it takes uh i don't know man i think gary Sinise will just soothe you he'll soothe your nerves oh yeah that's true <laughs> yeah. and what's and what's the dude from what is he what is he wings the dude from wings yes. he's like moon that's spelled how do you spell it <laughs> no you're talking about from coach the guy from coach coach yeah, yeah. Oh, right, coach. right right <laughs> how do you spell moon oh god was, that was one of the best parts of the whole fucking book <laughs> or the voice of patrick on spongebob now that's oh, right yeah. yeah that's right yep that's right <laughs> continuing Throw to blow our minds in this episode <laughs> everyone's like no way <laughs> yes way <laughs> yeah. hey Spongebob um, <laughs> I've got a virus Ooh. <laughs> oh my god that was amazing oh Jesus uh, don't eat um, the crappy patties <laughs> yeah, it's like the chicken nuggets and cooties right <laughs> exactly <laughs> so there's another one that came out in the 70s I don't know if everyone, anyone's seen it's called I Drink Your Blood haven't seen it. No, wow. I I know what you're talking about though. So brief synopsis, and I don't think this is streaming anywhere yet. I feel like it was, and then it got taken off. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, low budget as fuck. It's late seventies movie. So basically, Satanists roll into a town and they go out in the woods and they get ready to have like a little cult meeting and worship thing. Well, a local girl f- walks out and stands on the outskirts and she sees she's watching, and she's never seen a Satanist, right? And um, <laughs> one of the people see her. And signals to everyone else, and they all chase her down in the woods and rape her. So when Damn. she comes out of the woods the next morning, her younger brother gets her and takes her and is taking care of her, you know. And then when he finds out what happens, he's furious. So he goes back out to the woods with a shotgun to kill him some Satanists. Well, a rabid dog stops him, and he has to end up fighting off the rabid dog. He's having a shitty day. 
the Satanists are trying to leave, their van's broken down, so they're stuck in the town too. So what he does <laughs> is since he had to kill this rabid dog, he takes this rabid dog blood, and there's a there's a there's a eatery in town that the Satanists have gone to to eat prior, and they sell meat pies. So what he does is, and he happens to work there. So what he does is he lets the Satanists come in again to get more food, and he injects the meat oh, pies shit. with this rabid dog blood. And so all these Satanists go rabid. All right, that's going on my list. <laughs> I know, right? That's like top of my list right now. It's a fucking tire fire of a movie, that it, but it's beautiful at the same time. That I sounds love it. amazing. Would you it say actually, it's a beautiful disaster? <laughs> and, and if I'm saying that, then I need to be on that fucking episode. All right, all right. <laughs> all right yeah. it's, it's a glorious fucking movie. It actually had to fight over time to get out of the X rating because it was rated X initially. I'm pretty sure Groots is probably seeing that. Gore in the, gore in the nudity aspect, yeah. So yeah. that is definitely one, though. It's kind of the infection thing, you know. It's like, just give everyone rabies. Fuck That's it. so fucked up. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot wait to watch that. That sounds incredible. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I wondered if you were going to bring up The Crazies and talk mm. about that flick. Um, well. <laughs> the, uh, the 1973 Romero version is streaming on Prime, um, which I actually have never seen. So again, I, I'm putting that on my list too. But uh, The Crazies, what do you guys think? Well, it's funny you mention that because listeners, if uh, you want to hear our in-depth opinions, you can go to the last episode that was released, which was a killer filler on The Crazies Romero's and the 2010 remake. Oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah. But... Uh, just to answer your question, Katie, I love the, we. I love them both. Uh, it is a killer remake. Um, I love the Romero version. I think that the update was needed for that story. Personally, the Romero's version is very good. It just the budget and the the way it was shot. It was one of his earlier films, right? It was like right before Dawn. So I think he did like Night Martin and then The Crazies. I think is how that went. So, but the remake in 2010. Oh yeah, I like it oh, too. Yeah, all day. I think cool. I watched that. I rewatched that more, and that is also on Prime. Both yeah, are both, on Prime both right are. Now. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy Crazies. I'm not as passionate about some of the other movies we've talked about um, on this episode. Like I look, if it's 28 Days Later or The Crazies, I'm watching 28 Days Later. You know, like. Um, but I do enjoy The Crazies. It's just I'm not as passionate as some people I've talked to about it. So. I think one of the big differences between the two, and like I said, we go more in depth on uh, the previous episode, but. Uh, the Romero version really focuses on the response, how the government comes in and lock everything down. There's a lot of time on that, not so much as survivors that are kind of missed being quarantined by the government, running around and finding crazy people, whereas the remake focuses more on the government's not really seen a lot. There's like a couple scenes with dudes in gas masks, giant hordes of them, but it's mainly people trying to elude them going through the area with people that are infected. And that is kind of the main... So the immediate threat is there more than it is in the Romero version. Gotcha. Of people that have been infected and are driven crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're dealing with the threat more. Whereas the threat that was basically portrayed in the Romero version, as he did with a lot of things in his earlier movies, especially was the government. Right? He was definitely anti, anti-government. Because this the original crazy was, was filmed during 73. It was during Vietnam. That's the beginning of America not trusting his government was that whole time period, right? So he was definitely at the forefront of that as far as directors go. So there was a lot of value in watching the original one, and I will, re- I do rewatch it. I just if if it comes into something to throw in to watch, the remake's going to go in first. If I actually want to throw in something to watch, I'm like, you guys need to watch this. This is actually culturally a relevant movie. The Romero one goes in. That was beautiful, man. That was that was some solid wisdom right there. I appreciate that. <laughs> 
Well, because I don't think a lot of people realize how much social commentary Romero put into all this shit. Yeah, you're right. You know, every one of his movies, there's something in there that's yeah. like, oh no, this is definitely a mirror image of, of society. And with a lot of the remakes, we talked about that in Dawn of the Dead, Killer Filler, and the Crazies, that goes away and they focus on other things, which is the update, right? Because people aren't as, that's not, that's not the main focus in people's minds anymore, right? So at the time when Romero made these movies, that was the forefront of society, was just, you know, people not wanting to just roll over and say, this is okay, so. I mean, I think we talked about it too, is that Romero is very much, okay, this is happening, how are people reacting? And the remakes have a tendency of saying, let's show you the beginning of how it happens, and they go from there. Where Romero's like, I don't need to tell you, just go into it. It's kind of like the the last Spider-Man movie where it's like, you know his origin, we're not fucking telling you over and over again, just jump right into the fucking movie. All right, so, I mean, I ran through the big Contagion ones I had uh, to speak about. Uh, You, Katie, Hunter, have any... Anything else you can think of? I mean, I watched a couple of, I would say, like, five out of ten movies, maybe even a little less. Well, one was called Carriers, which is from 2009. It actually has uh, Chris Pine in it. Chris Pine, yep. yeah. Captain Kirk. And they're, they're uh, like, that kind of just gets right into it, too. The pand- pandemic is already happening, and they're kind of on, on in a car, on a road, trying to get to a safe spot. And that's that's okay. It's, you know, if, you, if you're looking for a movie to watch in the theme of Contagious Horror, definitely add that to your list. And then um, the other one there was uh, this movie from 2014, which I actually watched today, called Antisocial, which had um, Katie from Letterkenny in it, which I thought was, was pretty funny. But that was pretty mediocre as well. It's, it's about, it's like trying to be a commentary about social media, and it just didn't really work. But it's on streaming if you want to check it out. There's a newer one that I've been uh, contemplating watching. Uh, it's called Patient Zero. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It like I'm at the point where it's like, uh, I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to think it's rad, or I'm going to watch it, and I'm like, fuck. That was a waste of an hour and a half. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this really counts, because it's more of a signal than a virus, but just the mom and dad scenario of every adult being affected would that kind of count, or are we just kind of, is that too far away from it, since it's more of an electronic thing? Uh, I, it's not a direct, like, in the bloodstream, cellular level kind of infection, yeah. right? Yeah. I would definitely say that, that it's it's more attacking to the brainwaves, so, like, if you were to compare that to, like, Videodrome, where, like, you know, how they're going with the, 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 the tubes is making people go crazy or whatever, whatever yeah. waves they send out. So that's, de- I think I would definitely kind of fall under actually for me more like of a sci-fi kind of horror because it is a signal that's being sent out at a certain frequency. It's, but it's like, with them. it's a signal virus. That's kind of the, you know, in, yeah. in that weird way. And I see how I avoided talking about the cell and instead brought up mom and dad because, uh, fuck the cell. Mm. <laughs> fuck the cell. <laughs> yeah. What a giant artistic piece of shit that was. I do have one more um, recommendation, and this one I actually highly recommend, and it's called Pontypool, which is from 2007. It's out of Canada, and the whole movie is uh, takes place in about 95% of the movie is, is in this radio station. So you have this um, DJ who's recording a show, and he's like the Howard Stern shock jock of the town, and then people start calling in, like the traffic guy, the, the, you know, the weather lady, and it's like they're starting to report strange things happening in the town, and then the calls just get weirder and weirder. 
So mm. listeners start calling in and they're like, shit's going down in the town and you're hearing it um, all transpire from the, the perspective of this DJ. And then you find out that the virus that is infecting people has to do with language, um, which is a really interesting twist on, on contagion, contagions. And um, uh, it's just, it's a really, really claustrophobic type of movie since it's all kind of taking place in one spot, but a little bit of a slow burn. But if you're into that kind of horror like me, uh, it's a really, really solid watch. I highly recommend it. You had me at Canada. Canadian, <laughs> I'll be honest, um, some of my favorite movies of the last 10 years are all Canadian productions between Turbo Kid, yes. you know, Hobo the Shotgun, um, they just, uh, Wolf Cop, <laughs> like, there's Fuck yeah. so much Fucking Canadian uh, <laughs> yeah. films that I've just been, like, so about, so I will definitely watch that, because I am very pro-Canadian yes. movies right, right now. Pontypool's great. We'll post a list of movies we just mentioned. Um, Murphy actually recommended that, and I thought that was a good, yeah. good pull on that. You know, when we have broad, not a broad topic, but a specific genre, there's tons of movies we talk about, and it's like, as you're listening, you might not catch them all, so if there's a list to go back and talk about. To reference, yeah. Reference, then, you know. Shit, I got like six or seven movies on here from from you guys that I got to check out, so that's helpful for me, too. (laughs) And one of them's Resident Evil 4. I know. That's awesome. God, yeah. Hey, man, I'm down for anything, down for any of the horror movies. (laughs) I had blind faith in all those movies, and... (laughs) Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So we're going to be wrapping up uh, our our list of some contagious horror movies here, but that's not it. We still got another segment, but before we get to that, uh, we at GUI, from the Mouths of Madness, as part of GUI, still want to send out that, you know, we know this time is hard, you know, everyone having to see people through screens, not actually be able to have that, that real social interaction that we all want. Trust me, when recording, we really feel it. As much as we hope this comes through as a normal episode, there's definitely something missing about not being in the same room with the people you're recording with. I'm sure everyone that's on this episode can agree with that. I miss you, motherfuckers. I'm Seriously, serious. yeah. Like, fuck. I get to see you. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree, man. It'll be nice to see people in person, hopefully really soon. Hopefully really soon. That's, that's where we're at, you know? The, the idea is actually, and I was watching an interview with the singer from Trivia, Matt Heafy, and he actually broke it down really well, and I kind of latched onto this, and it, it actually helped me, where he said, the term social distancing is wrong. We are physical distancing. We are not socially distancing ourselves from people. You know, because I'm, I'm talking, we just did an episode, I'm talking to you right now. I, I'm, I'm talking to the listeners right now. What's the difference is that I'm not physically next to you right now. So social distancing, I think, has, has the uh, opportunity to bring a lot of people and make them invert and make them feel alone. But if you look at it just as the physical presence is, is the difference, then that might keep you from going into a dark place during, you know, the time where you have to isolate yourself. So, because you're not completely isolated, you know, you're not, no one is, there are tons of means to at least still communicate with people. So no one, please get too down and get too dark about this. It's going to be better on the other side. There's a reason we're doing this. That's right. Stay connected. We'll talk to you. Exactly. Wow. wow, Garth, what a great haiku. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, we're in Wayne's basement, but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not. So, enough of that, you know, I just wanted to, I, I feel like some people need to hear that. I know when I heard that, it made me feel better. Uh, so, I hope that if someone else hears this, it makes them feel better, too. And, uh, now, all right, now that that sappy shit's over with, it is time for... Stump. The Host. 
All right, so Stump the Host is a rapid-fire trivia segment where we ask the guests to bring six questions plus a tiebreaker if needed. And since it is rapid-fire, if the person asked does not answer within a really quick time frame, the other panelist gets to steal it. So, Katie, you get to decide who goes first. Ooh, the power. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Um, I love this segment. I'm so excited. All right, uh, (laughs) let's start with um, Hunter. All right. Mm. All right, so... I got a hopefully pretty easy one to start with, um, and it has to be- I hate when people say that, because then by fucking up, that's like, man, you're stupid as shit. That's totally fair. That is very subjective. You're right. Um, My wife does that. We have this horror trivia. We'll play it every time. She's like, oh, you'll get this one. And most of the time, I'm like, god damn it. I'm going to fuck this up. It's unadded pressure. I'm sorry. Okay. um, Who directed 28 Days Later? Danny Boyle. There you go. Boom. Right. <laughs> yeah, you bet it, motherfucker. I, I didn't get. I, I, I did find that. Pose if you didn't get that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fuck. All right. Low down. Um, <sighs> I love that the answer to this question. So I'll be interested in, to see if you know it. Um, writer and director of the Child's Play franchise, Don Mancini, is from what U.S. city? Where did he grow up? Yeah, I have no idea, Hunter. You're uh, just uh, I believe over there. a little town called Richmond, Virginia. He's from Richmond. Really? Yes. I, didn't, I had no idea. No idea. Literally oh, I was so excited. When I saw him struggling, ideas. I was like, I got this one. <laughs> That's two. That's Hometown, two. local boy. Oh, Private God. school, high school here in Richmond. Hometown oh, boy. fuck. Yeah. All right. It's him and Richard God Kelly. It's the only two I can really remember that have done something right, in well, the horror sh- community. Sh- shut the fuck up and just... just <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough one. All right, yeah. Hunter. Um... <laughs> Return of the Living Dead, which I watched last week, and it's such a that's like my comfort horror. Return of the Living Dead um, mm-hmm. begins on a certain date. What is the date? I believe it's July third. Do you know the year? Hold on, god damn it! July third, nineteen eighty-four. That's right. Nicely done. Yeah, oh. bastard. Oh, one more, and there's no there's no need to continue, yeah. Hunter. One more. You got it. All right. Uh, low down. Um, as you know, a lot of horror movies this year are being delayed and uh, postponed and released at a later date. Um, so Quiet Place 2 is one of those. And if you've been following the news, you will know this this answer. Um, what is the new release month for a Quiet Place 2? I want to say September. Yep. September it is. Oh, so we would ask what the date was or the holiday was. God damn it. <laughs> But it's a little bit of cheating since I do work in the movie theater That's industry. True. So totally. I mean, keep track of that shit. Totally cheating. September fourth <laughs> is is the exact date. Labor um, Day weekend. All right, Hunter. Uh, in so this is also a movie I watched again last week. Another comfort horror. In Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, what is the name of the kid played by Corey Feldman? What is his character's name? Tommy. That's right. Yeah. Bonus. I, I actually I mean, just watched that, that two days through ago. Five and six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just All watched right. that two days ago because it's my second favorite of the series, and Chris McLover and his goofy ass dancing always mm-hmm. makes me laugh. I love that. Too. And it has, yeah. and it has dog suicide, which you, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you don't see in any other fucking movie where literally a dog says, "Fuck this, I'd rather jump out of a second story window yeah. than face Jason." <laughs> I appreciate the shit out of that movie. <laughs> the dog's like. <laughs> you still never see that. You never see animals go, uh, the serial killer or jump to my death. Fuck it. <laughs> so, oh my yeah. God. So, okay. That technically is four. So, there's no way I can beat that. Uh, I, I mean, if you, uh, there's one more question you have to ask. I like to throw it out there. If yeah, I can tag on, I See if I know it. it. See if I know it. 
All right, um, I'm gonna give a clue for this one. So I just found this out and I thought it was an interesting bit of trivia. So who plays the narrator in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 1974? And then he also reprises his role as the as the narrator in, t- in the 2003 remake. And your clue is, <laughs> your clue is that he is the villain in the movie Richie Rich. <laughs> oh, fuck me running. Oh God, Rich! I've, you know I was seeing Richie Rich. Fuck. He also had they... his own show that was the, his name on NBC um, back in the '90s. Not that that's very helpful. <laughs> God, I know Dan Aykroyd's the dead, right? Yeah, no, that, no. I, I, okay, I apparently don't remember Richie Rich. Hunter, if you know it, it's, it's, it's John Lithgow. Close. It's John Larroquette. Larroquette. I John knew Lar- John with the L. Wait, yep. He was a narrator on the original yes, one too. I did not know what? that. I know. Yeah, he was on Night Court. Yeah, I should have said Night Court. Night Court. If you'd have mentioned Night Court, <laughs> I'd have been like John Laura Kett. I went with yeah. Richie Rich. Fuck. Not fucking Richie Rich. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fuck. Those are some really, actually, wow. really, really fucking good questions, Katie. If I'd have gone first, it'd have been different, Hunter. Fuck you. Oh, is that how it goes? That's how it goes. Hunter said the same thing uh, when I won because I went first. So I'm just giving it back to him. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it is. I know it's fucking true. Why don't start telling this up? Because I've lost count of how many I've won. Now it's <sighs> seven to six. Oh. One ahead. Oh, one okay. ahead, bitch. You tied it last time because I was ahead. <laughs> and now it's you're one ahead. So That's right. you're not that far ahead. You're still like, you know, I can just pull my dick out and smack you. That's how far ahead of you you are. I can reach you that I can reach you that uh, easy. All right, all right. So, I'll, yeah. I'll see how it is. You see yeah, you know how that is. That's right. Uh-huh. Coming for you, bitch. That's right. So, <laughs> so, now back to our family friendly episode. <laughs> That's why it's NSFW, bro. There's nothing family friendly about That's this right. shit. That's um, right. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on, Katie. I hope you had fun. Always a blast. This. Yeah, again, check out Nerdcropolis podcast. You said you're on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere else? That's it for now. Support your local lady horror That's podcaster. Right. I appreciate the support, That's guys. Right. Thank you. So until next time, stay safe.